now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I'm your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. On today's show, we have a treat for you. We have Krista Smith in the house. What is up, Krista? What's up? (laughs) This has been a long time coming. We're so excited to have you on the show today. I got to tell you what, Krista is a fireball, y'all. I mean, she (laughs) is the real deal. And uh, you're going to get a treat to just kind of see her heart today and just see the fire that she carries. So Krista, yes. tell us a little yes. bit about yourself. So who are you? What do you do? What uh, What are you passionate about? Ooh, great questions. You know, I have just been a woman now um, that has just really pursued God. And mm. truly, I've I've just really gone after God all my life. Come and on. Not to say I've always done it right by any means, and I'm still always growing and going deeper in Him for sure. But really, from a young age, I just got marked by an encounter with God and just have spent my life pursuing Him. And probably about 22 after I graduated from college, I felt a call to preach. Mm. Uh, doors opened for me to plant schools of ministry, which I've done in both the Bay Area in Las Vegas, and then just really begin to love the pastoral role in the church. So I was executive pastor at Expression 58 before I married Sean down in LA. I was associate pastor up in Oregon uh, for several years, and I just really have a heart for the church. And on. I'm one of those people that Although there's imperfections in the church, I still love it. And because <laughs> um, I, I love the local body and yeah. I love just doing life with a community of people. So uh, when I got married to Sean about three and a half years ago, um, I shifted out of pastoral ministry into full time itinerant um, with Sean, which has been really cool and such a gift to do it with my husband. So mm-hmm. now I'm full time itinerant, um, but we are, of course, connected to a local church yeah. and we have a home church, um, but we just don't pastor. So mm-hmm. travel full time. And as a matter of fact, Sean is on the East coast uh with your brother yes they're, uh, the they're doing right an evangelistic trip right now which is really cool. cool and i'm here with you guys yes so yeah fun and so and and uh your husband is sean smith correct yep. The Sean's, one and only, the man, the, the, the myth, one and the only Sean Smith, who's actually, <laughs> you guys have heard on previous shows, he's been like a spiritual father to me. Yeah. So that make you almost like a spiritual mom to me. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Surrogate. I just can't. Hey, I, got, I married into the role. Take it. Hey, you know, uh, <laughs> we met years ago. You were actually leading the school of ministry at ICLV in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I would go on some trips with Sean and happen to go on a trip with him and just connect. And it was so awesome just to see, you know, not just the fire, but I, I I, truly believe, I don't know if you would call yourself this, but you truly walk in the fivefold office of a prophetess mm. and just seeing that prophetic mantle on you and being exposed to that. Oh, and I remember at the you. time we were doing a school of ministry and it was so awesome to uh, be a part of a school of a ministry that was very similar and had the same heart. Yeah. But one of the things I would say that was so profound when we were uh, a part of the school or came up and, and did some teaching with Sean is... Um, you gave me a word that was profound, but wow. then you had these 
these other uh, school students around you that gave us a word that was so profound. I mean, you guys had like a school of prophets. I mean, you had these kids <laughs> that were oh, prophesying so accurately. Students were amazing. And it was yeah. just amazing. So that was our first connection with you. And That's I remember you cool. guys went on a tour and we met up in Manteca. We That's did some right. some uh, ministry wow. together. Yes. And then fast forward, you know, um, you, as you were saying, you were uh, pastoring at Expression 58. Sean and Sheree Bowles were the yep. pastor at the time. Yep. Now it's the Toledo's. Yes. Yeah. And I remember They're just amazing. connecting you uh, with you guys up there too. And, and it's just been a treat. I know over the years we've just have, uh, built such a great relationship. Yeah. And it's been, really um, cool. it's been really, really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It has been fun. And we've actually had the chance to hang out twice in Texas at Magnolia Farms. That was so much <laughs> that fun. That was so fun. And we've fun. had, you know, just a blast yeah. hanging out with you guys. And we have wanted to have you on the, on the show for a long time because every time we get around you and Sean, and we just have such great conversation and we yeah. just we wanted to include the audience and the listener that they can be in on it too so oh, we're that's excited fun. Yeah, I'm super so, honored to be here yeah let's have that conversation yeah. you know one of the things you said earlier a few minutes ago uh, which is so unique and it's rare you know we do itinerant ministry yeah and we know a lot of different itinerants but many times itinerant have a bad taste of the church mm. and you just said something right now I have a heart for the church mm. Even with, you know, some of their flaws. Sure. Would you talk about that? Yeah. Because I I like that. I like the (laughs) fact, you know, we need more itinerant ministers that are passionate for the body of Christ. So good. You know, I actually love, I probably 12 or 13 years collectively I pastored and then shifted into itinerant. Mm -hmm. And I actually love that that's how God did it in my life. Mm -hmm. He can do it a lot of ways and they can all be obviously the way people are supposed to do it. But for me, I I love that because as an itinerant, I totally get Mm. the dynamic of the local church and I understand as a pastor what you need the itinerant evangelist to bring yeah uh, you so don't good. need them to bring a mess <laughs> you don't you need them <laughs> to love that. you need them to love the church and we don't want to leave something for them to have to clean up that's we so actually want to bring something that contributes to the vision of the house and what God's doing that's where the prophetic is so yeah. important mm-hmm. because as you know Sean and I like you guys we operate in the prophetic yep. gift and so when you go to a house I'm always like God what's the word of the Lord for the house yes whether it's through preaching whether it's just through a prophetic word however it's communicated i feel like i really understand that as an itinerant can be such a breath of fresh air yeah and definitely. such a boost of hope and even momentum and even like a fresh revision mm. for what god has already spoken to the local church so now i kind of view myself as like uh, for lack of a better term i'm like a prophetic cheerleader in the sense come of on. i come alongside the local church and i'm like hey you guys you're in it weekend and week out and I mm. and I know that life I've lived that life so good so I have a respect for them because they're in the trenches doing the hard work yeah. and what we do is hard it's a different hard though yeah you know it's itinerary is a different hard and it is hard <laughs> but I really want to be a breath of fresh air, a safe place for pastors to process stuff with us, which that happens a lot. We're able to pray, privately minister to leaders who aren't receiving that. So good. And to to really help fuel what God's doing at the local church level, because churches were always created to have a voice in the community. Now that can look a lot of ways, because I know there's movement of home churches and whatnot. And you know, I'm, I'm I'm of the school of thought church, Church is the people, but I believe we're called to gather. Mm -hmm. 
And gathering can look different. I'm cool with that. But you do need to be gathered. You need to be accountable. You need to be with people that are going to challenge you. You need to be with people that are different. That's good. That's good. Don't just get, you know, the church hurt group yeah. in the corner and you <laughs> rehearse on. each other's misery. That's Come not going to help you grow. That's oh, actually boy. going to limit your growth. Come on. So I love to be in a group of around a group of people in a home church that's different. It may not even be my preference. You know, I've been at staff at multiple churches in my life, been a part of many different churches and movements on an itinerant level. And I'm always like, this may not be my normal vibe. This may not be even my preference, but I can always find God in it. That's good. Right? And I can always find something within me, the God in me, that can contribute to it. Mm. So I think so many times we approach it of, does this fit me? Is this totally me? Those aren't the questions I'm asking. Mm. The questions I'm asking are, what in me, God, can I contribute to this group of people, to this ministry? I'm not looking for everything to be met by the local church in my life. I never have. And I think... That's maybe where some people get off course. They look for a local church that was always intended to be a byproduct of your personal relationship with Jesus that you should Mm. be having every single day. Mm. It's a corporate gathering of that, but it was never meant to be your everything. So when church doesn't meet everything, then people get all hurt. But the point is, it was never supposed to be everything. Yeah. Yeah. So those are just some of my thoughts. That's really good. So good. You know, the other day we were talking about something and just want to let the listener in because this I love the conversations we have. Yeah. I, I just I we got to get Sean and you on the show oh, the four be of us just because we have some really good conversations. Mm-hmm. And this is what the podcast is about to have these conversations. But the other day we were talking about church culture. One of the things I think uh that I really see as a strength in you, Krista, is that you have such a high value for relationship. Mm, thank you. And yeah. to see that high value for relationship is uh, you know, it's it's um it's encouraging. I, I love that because I have that same values so when I see that in other people. It's just, man, it's it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking just about church culture. We're talking about mm-hmm. just even just relationships. And something you said the other day was so good. It was such a key. Uh, you know, as you guys travel and you see many times in church culture, there's, there's two different cultures. There's a transactional and there's a highly relational, mm-hmm. but you need them both. Transactional yeah. means, you know, Hey, uh, they have a culture. Then when there's assignments or pers- purpose, they get things done. Yeah. But many times they're not, there's not a maybe high value for relationship. So because of that, not high value, you know, people can be stepped on, you know, sure. it feels like you're getting used. Yeah. Then you have this other side where they're really highly relational, but they don't go nowhere. They don't get nothing done. <laughs> it's really good. But but they feel they, good about it. Yeah, they feel they feel good. People will feel good about it, but they're not taking territory. Right. You know, and we were having this conversation and you said something, it was just an epiphany, it was so good. You talked about, about two different cultures, you know, uh confrontation and healthy feedback. Mm-hmm. Would you talk about that for sure. a few minutes? Yes. I mean, we have, um, Sean and I have both been a part, like I said, of you know various ministries in life and just been exposed and done life with a lot of different people. So just for the record, I'm not having anyone in mind when yeah. I'm saying this stuff, just for the record, you know, I'm not putting anyone on blast yeah. per se. <laughs> but, um, you know, the reality is, I think in order to have true, authentic relationship, there must be honest feedback. 
you can't actually have real relationship so if you, there's not transparency and vulnerability. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is something has to be addressed along the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, It's just impossible. In my marriage, there has been things that have been, my husband has had to address with me. Mm-hmm. Not in a mean way. Yeah. Just in a way of how do you converge two individual people into a, in a healthy, thriving marriage? So there good. has to be healthy dialogue. I don't feel called out by him. I just feel like he's allowing me into a space in his life where he's like, hey, this is important to me. Mm-hmm. So I need you to hear me on this. That's relationship and vice versa. I've done the same with him. And it's actually brought us closer together because there is a preferring one another mm. that happens in feedback. So, good. so when you have healthy feedback, you have healthy communication, you have honest dialogue, you have transparency, you remove masks. Um, because is it easier to not confront it? Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't actually believe I have authentic real relationship with you if I can't have an honest conversation with you. And the reality is there is a lot of people in this world that cannot handle even feedback, (laughs) truly. And yet they want honest, they want a healthy relationship and they say they want vulnerability. But the reality is that does not happen without some honest conversations. And a lot of people view conflict um, as as in we see things different or we may not be on the same page as a negative. And we really have to change our paradigm with that because I can can have different political views with people. I can have a different lifestyle. I can can land different places theologically, but I can have great relationship with you. Why? Because we have created a space where we're honest about who we are. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to change who I am to please you, but there is space for honest dialogue where I am not exiled because I'm different than you. Mm -hmm. And I have to be able to be safe enough to go, I don't agree with you on that. I love you. I super respect you. But I look at it different than that. And here's my perspective. And here's why I look at it different. And when you hear the context often of how people have landed, it, it gives such a it's like the statement versus the context. Yes. People make a statement, but it doesn't make sense until you know the context of why they believe what they believe. Yeah. Well, that only happens so through conversation. Yeah. Right? So you have to have the dialogue in order for that to happen. So I've been in cultures uh, where there, it's just high confronting, but that's mm. typically where there's high task. They don't yeah. have time for relationship. So when you don't have time for relationship, you're just dealing with the problem because you need to get on with it. Like you just need to like, you just need to get the job done. But that doesn't work long term because if you look at the turnover rate of all those ministries that have high confronting, but they they produce a lot, they have high productivity, but there's no relationship because people don't feel safe if they're constantly being confronted, but there's no love in the relationship. There's no context to it. So you confront me, but I don't even really super know you like that. And I'm cool if people confront me and challenge me, but I want you to know that I want to know that you love me and yeah. that you care about me. You have my best interest. That's yeah. why I can hear anything from my husband yeah. because he totally loves me. So I so know good. he is genuinely for me. Yeah. So that takes time. And in a culture of high turnover, it's difficult to create that long-term trust in a short-term culture. <laughs> Right, so good because people bounce so fast. They don't like it. It doesn't go their way. They don't feel like they've been heard, or they're not super into the position anymore. And all I get that. I've I've had all those emotions myself. But I always tell everyone, stay in your assignment because God put you there. Do not leave your assignment until God takes you out. Come on, 
That's so good. But in that, I mean, I'm kind of rabbit trailing right now, but I guess for me, it's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I know I'm kind of probably hitting too much, but, but no, the, this is but, so good. But the reality <laughs> is, you know, it's for me, I majored in conflict management in college. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. So I was a com- I was a communication major, but I had an emphasis in conflict management, interpersonal communication, <laughs> conflict management. So I'm passionate about it because if it's done well, yeah. it can actually create the most incredible relationships and work environment. Here's the challenge, wow. though. There are so many people that say they want healthy dialogue and healthy relationships, yeah. and we throw the term family community <laughs> out. But what they don't understand is family communities have honest conversations, and they can't handle it. And so at one confrontation, people bounce. Mic drop. Right? Oh, I mean, because I would run schools of ministry, and that's like one of the best places of transformation transformation for someone. But it's also a place where we're giving you some feedback. Yeah. Yeah, right? Because you're in a development process. That's why you're there. Yep. So it's done with love. We're like, hey, if you grab a hold of this, it's going to change your life. Yeah. If you listen to what I'm saying, and there are so many people I have seen, just they will not receive it. Mm. You know, and then I always walk away as a leader, uh, just heartbroken over that. And then wow. I'm always going to the Lord because, uh, Lord, did I did I not do it right? Or is there yeah. a better way I could have brought mm. that? So I, as a leader, am always asking God how when I bring feedback, because I don't want to bring confrontation. Yeah. I want to bring feedback. I want to have a dialogue. I want to have a conversation. I'm not looking just to correct you. I'm looking to like do life with you and bring some healthy feedback. But I want a conversation. I want a dialogue. That's not always possible if the person is in a place where they're ready to receive it. I have a question on those same lines. What would you tell the person who feels like they're on the other end of that. They have yeah. some leadership that they are maybe a part of a church and that's all they've known. That's, you know, they haven't had that relational culture. They haven't experienced that. So do you have any advice or, you know, anything you can give the person that maybe they're they're dealing with some stuff, but they don't feel safe to go to their leadership? What would you give yeah. advice to them to do? I'm going to answer this so different now being older and... <laughs> 20, 15 years, 16 years into ministry now than how I would have answered it. I answered it before, I feel like, what I was taught. Mm. And that's not a bad thing, but I feel like I've landed on this place on what I actually believe. And that's this. If you are not in a place where you are celebrated and you are heard and you are treated with love and respect and valued, you really need to take it to the Lord and reconsider why are you there. <laughs> Life is really short, and I feel like there's so many people that are in, and and granted, I'm going to use a term that is going to feel extreme, but let me bring context to it. It's like they're in an abusive marriage. Mm -hmm. Now, let me bring context to that. Because that's all they're used to, they don't even know that healthy relationship is available with the church. And so many people are in these staffs and they are so committed to the leaders because the leader is someone that really influenced them. Someone Mm -hmm. that really was a great impact, was a pivotal person at a really hard time in their life. I've seen this a thousand times and I love that. But the person has no value for that uh, staff person or that person in their church. And the person puts up with it. And I'm watching like this abusive cycle and i'm going there's like no jesus in this like (laughs) we're called to love our people yeah and i sound like i'm contradicting what i just said hey don't leave until god 
tells you to leave. I'm gonna, I, I agree with that. I'm yeah. not moving from that posture. But I am saying if being in a culture where you're constantly confronted, but there's no relationship and you feel like you're waiting till the next time you're going to get in trouble is. Mm. And if you make any mistake, you're kind of like bracing yourself for like the impact of feedback that's not, or excuse me, of confrontation that's not positive. And there's not growth. There's not a place of celebration of who you are. And there's a place where you're like people see you for who you are. I saw this in my own life. That's why I'm speaking to this because I felt I'm super loyal. Like once I commit to you, like I commit to you. Yeah. But I learned over time there are people that just didn't value me, but I kept going back for their approval. Yep. Why the heck am I doing that? And I felt like the Lord's like, hey, Krista, I'm super into you and I actually enjoy you. Why don't you get around people that enjoy you like I enjoy you? Mm. And it was freeing. And it was hard. I felt like it was this weird, like I would be invited to do events back at some of the, those places where I had this experience and the Lord's like, turn it down. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want them to think I don't like them or, you know, the, yeah. all this stuff. Right. Totally. And God's like, no, 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 you're actually setting a healthy boundary because you mm. teach people how to treat you. And you're saying, hey, I love you. I just don't want to be married to you. I don't want to date you. I like you though, but I don't want to be married to you. I don't want to date you. I don't want to be in a relationship with you. I love you. I'm not offended yep. at you. I've, I've allowed the Lord to clean and heal my heart, but I don't have to just keep saying yes to the way so you're good. treating me. That's so so to the person that. that is in that cycle and they're just like making excuses for abusive behavior, <laughs> stop. Wow. And reevaluate. You have one life. Yeah. One. Be in places that see you. Like I've seen people that are in the same ministries for 30 years waiting for their pastor to, to release them. Yes. I. Oh and my. I'm like this. Oh my. I'm like, my friend, I love you. You are gifted. You're anointed. This pastor doesn't see it. I'm not saying your pastor is a bad person, but I am saying you are waiting to be released by someone that is never going to see you for who you are. Yeah. Go somewhere. Get a leader. Find yep. someone. I am all about having people covering you, but get a covering that believes in you get in a covering that actually (laughs) values you (laughs) this is so good i mean i mean and i mean think about this i mean you were saying is just have that thought to get to heaven and then to find out that you didn't need that release and you wasted your time you already have permission from my word i mean i love what you just said because in in the context of our life here on earth not in in the context of eternity like it's short short and it's like we're waiting for something to happen i've seen this i've seen so this t- many times. i i i can tell you story after story as well as i know it's you have story, story. Yeah. it is it's like a dog that gets broken down yes mm. And they keep going back to that master, yes. so to speak. And you're like, hey, I'm taking the leash off you. I'm saying run, go find a new house, go live, be around people that like love you, that celebrate you, that enjoy yep. you and actually like pull out what's in you. Yeah. Because I see these people in, in, in so many places that are not being utilized and they are broken down. Yeah. And it, it's, it's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. You know, and I think, you know, we want to go to a place where we feel life yes and it's it's like because i mean isn't that what the word of god says that he promises life and life more abundantly but yet we're we're like we're waiting we don't we're not experiencing life at all uh i want to kind of flip it now ask you a question sure so for the pastor Mm-hmm. For the pastor, as you're a pastor, because I think one of the things that's that's hard, you know, we we pastored for years, 
And uh, shout out to all the pastors all out right. there. Oh, oh you know, I, I they're just, the unsung heroes. Yes, they are. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they have to put up with a lot and yeah, do a it's lot. Hard. And it's so hard. It's a, it's a, it's one of the most high high. I mean, on, the, on I think it was the top five list of uh, stressful jobs. It's oh, up I there. believe it. You know, I think one of the things pastors deal with, especially with you know, I've seen the big churches, I've seen the small churches, but even on the small church level, you know, and I, I'm sure it's at the big church too. But sometimes it's hard because as pastors, we we deal with a lot of insecurities. Yeah. A lot of insecurities. And dealing with a lot of insecure people. Yes. <laughs> it goes both ways. Go- Everyone's yeah. a little insecure. <laughs> it's, it, it, and there's this culture of insecurity. Yeah. And then what ha- what happens, though, when you are on the other side of that and you are the pastor and people are leaving your church? Yeah. How do you deal with that? What, what, what would you what would you say to that pastor right now who is going through a tough time and maybe having some people leave the church? What would you say to them yeah. that would just minister to them right now? If you were talking to them, you were just, you know, right in front of them, they're asking you advice. Yeah, it's such a good question. And because I've pastored, I get that. It feels so personal when people leave. Yes. And pastors don't admit that. But it does yeah. because oh, yes, you've, it does. Poured, you've poured into them yep. and you really love them and you pray for your people. You weep over your people. Yeah. So when they leave, it's like some of your family's left. But then you also realize at the same time, there are seasons. Yes. There are seasons. And not everyone's going to be from season to season with you. Just like you haven't been with everyone for seasons and yep. seasons. Because every pastor has been to various ministries. Mm-hmm. And then they have found themselves transitioned. The yep. same goes for the people in their congregation. And as pastors, we do not own anybody. As, Come on, as much as that. you are like, hey, they believe in the vision. They're loyal to you. Them feeling a shift also doesn't equal disloyalty. Yeah, It yeah. really might be God moving someone. So good. And you don't own anyone. And so I think you have to really, you have to so choose to not be controlling. And you have to be a place that empowers people and really let people go. On the other side of that as a pastor, there's like multiple facets to this. I don't feel like it's one side to this question. Another facet as a pastor is I I would always ask for feedback. And Mm -hmm. sometimes people give you honest feedback as we just talked about a moment ago. And sometimes they don't Mm because it depends on if they feel like, so good. They some people just aren't comfortable with vulnerability. Yeah. And some people are very uncomfortable with any sort of feedback if it's not all perfect and nice and pretty. But once in a while you'll get feedback that's honest. As a pastor, you have to ask for feedback from mm. people leaving. That's hard mm-hmm. because you're opening yourself up. Yeah. And that's super vulnerable yep. and it's risky. Now, granted, some people are leaving and you're like, thank you, Lord, that you took them. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're like, I'll open up the door for you because it's it's been time for a while. Bless you're, not, you. <laughs> you're not necessarily going to ask for feedback from them because yeah, yeah, you've yeah. already had those conversations. Yeah. They've already come to your office every week for the last two years. You're fully aware. <laughs> you don't need it, right? So, But I'm talking about the people that maybe surprise you and leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The yeah. kind of out of the blue, you're like, what? They? They were yeah. like gung-ho leaders. They were all, okay, we've all had those. Have a conversation with them. Be like, hey, I, this is safe. I want to learn. Is there any feedback you can tell me Yeah. as a pastor and a leader? Is there something in, in the house that wasn't uh, meeting the needs of your family? Again, mm-hmm. we're, I, we can't do everything. Yeah. But get the feedback. I think feedback is really scary for leaders. But yeah. feedback 
can actually be one of your greatest tools of development, growth, and evolving. Because a lot of churches don't evolve into next seasons and next chapters because they haven't heard the feedback. That's why consultants are so important. That's why an outside person that's not on staff comes in, gives you some honest feedback. But you choose what you do with that feedback. But a lot of pastors don't even ask. They just let people leave. And I'm going, that's like this really huge part of information that could really help you. Maybe you really are missing something, or maybe there is a change that needs to happen in your culture, but no one has the guts to tell you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't ask, they're not going to tell you. And even if you ask, maybe one will tell you. Mm -hmm. So there's that. And then there the, the other side of it, maybe there's nothing in your ministry that needs to shift. Maybe it's just God is repositioning people and it's truly just a sifting time and it's nothing negative. Yeah. So I think it could be one of those. It could be all three of those. It could be two of those. That's the thing. When people leave, I always went to the Lord and I was always like, God, give me your perspective. Yeah. And then I would ask for feedback. If I felt like it was someone that I hadn't already received feedback this is from, good. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, because, yeah, you don't need feedback from everyone, but there are some people yeah. you need feedback from. So good. I'm here in our <laughs> office doing this podcast, and I'm with two powerful women. True Desi. <laughs> so, let's talk about this. Yeah. Okay, because I feel like this is a hot topic right now. It's a theme. I know, um, you know, you guys both are very powerful women. You're strong women. And I love this because I feel like this is is what should have always been, but maybe has not always been received. Sure. And I know as we travel, I still see an old wineskin. And I'm sure you do, Chris. I'm sure. (laughs) I know Des experienced it. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about this. One of the things we want to do on this podcast is we want to open up conversations because we believe one conversation can change a narrative. And so let's talk about this. What what do you guys see right now as uh, we're traveling part of the church? What what, what are some strengths? What are some things you're seeing that are, are going good with the empowering of women? And then what are some things that you are seeing that we need to work on? Well, this is actually something that I'm, I'm really excited you brought up because I, I kind of was hoping we would go there, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> you have to. I mean, you some of the most powerful women right here and I have to go there. Well, I love it. You know, those who, if you've listened to our podcast and previous episodes, our top one right now is the episode Activating Your Voice. Um, If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. But I felt like there's a reason why that one's our top podcast right now. I feel like there's something. And on that episode, I was sharing um, my journey the past about year and a half of just going through that process of feeling like, you know, I've, I've been in ministry. I've been a leader for many, many years, but the enemy really tried to shut me down last year and really tried to shut my voice off. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, God has, has been so good and led me into um, some, some opportunities in the past, I would even say six months to, you know, allow me to activate my voice again and step into that. But I wanted to ask you as well, Krista, because one thing I was going to say was 
you know, you, we had the privilege and honor to have you at our very first ever women's conference at our, here in Vacaville at our local church, the mission. And it was so powerful. I heard it was fire. It was so mm-hmm. powerful. And I, on, I was Jesus. only able to be there for one session and I was so bummed I missed the, the second day. But I, I just want to tell you because you may not get this feedback. Ever since then, I cannot tell you how many people have come up to me, like more than 10 <laughs> uh, women that are like, ranting and raving of how amazing you were yes. and wow. how they just so look up to you oh and and they you know I, I feel like there's there's a lot of amazing women that are leaders they're they're not just amazing because they're women they're amazing mm. leaders who happen yes, to be women there you, go. <laughs> you know what I mean and so I feel like when I when I think of you I think of that I think you're you're powerful you're fierce yet loving and gentle and I guess Share with us a little bit of the journey and how mm-hmm. you um, stepped into that. I know you you have an amazing story on so many levels, but could you speak to that specifically? And a quick side note, I mean, one of the things you fought to last year, I mean, over the years traveling with Des, it's like she gets these ladies that come up and goes, what's it like to be married to a man of God? And it's just <laughs> like, that, that doesn't help. Like, are you serious? Like, I, like I did laugh. you just look over her? Like, right, right. Like, oh, you're serious. Whoops. I, I, thought, I thought you were kidding. <laughs> right, you like went to laugh, and then you saw they were. Ser- you're like, oh, and that's not to and put you like, down, babe. No, like, no, you are amazing. No, you I are mean, but you were just like, you're super. Oh powerful. yes, <laughs> when he takes out the garbage, <laughs> it's amazing. Real that's, life, that's come great. on. Buddy. That's great. That's great. That is a great, great question. So for me, it's been such a journey, and mm. for probably my 20s. I'm I'm in my 40s now. In my 20s, starting off in ministry. I was around all men and I was the only woman and I was single and I was young. And so I wasn't super taken serious. And they recognized I had a prophetic call on my life, that I had a leadership call, I had a pastoral call, but I wasn't taken serious. I always still felt like the secretary at the meeting. Come on. And I didn't feel like I was actually on the pastoral team. And they would go on golf guys golf trips that I wasn't invited on. And there was always the guys lunches and I was literally never invited. It was very weird. It was like being in the country club without any access. Wow. So that was my experience through most of my 20s. And then in my 30s, and I should say in addition to that, and again, this there is a real turning of this. I just want to kind of give the backdrop. Yes, definitely. So in my 20s, I am fiery and I'm super bold when I feel the Lord. Yeah. Um, when God moves on me prophetically, I have no problem grabbing that mic for and reals. going for I've it. I that. just I don't have an issue with it yeah. because I've walked with God long enough and I've handled the prophetic long enough. Now I'm always a student. I'm always growing, and I'm not always going to nail it. But I would say, you know how it is. Yep. You guys, what? It's like you you know when God yeah. is moving, right? So it's that history. It's a history yep. of years of history. So the feedback was I was too passionate. So I would get told this, you need to calm down. It just feels a little too emotional as a woman. Mm-hmm. And it was too demonstrative. Wow. And it was too much. The, the bottom line, it was too much. So I was too much in my gift. And I had never felt that message, which is interesting, that I was too much ever in the secular world. I worked in the fashion industry mm-hmm. and all. I never Whoa. got that message. I only got that message, I'm too much in the church. 
So here I shift into full-time ministry and I'm getting this message through my 20s and my 30s, again, too much. But I'm now with other really strong women, but they're same messages for them. So I'm hearing the same message told to these women that are powerful and mighty and intercessor and prophetic, and they're getting the same feedback. So even though it's not being said to me as Feedback much, and labels. Feedback and labels. Because when, you, when you're a powerful person. That's right. You're a powerful woman. And there's a difference between a powerful woman having control issues. Yes. And just being powerful. Right. But many times in your situation, you're powerful. Oh, she's being Jezebel. You know what's crazy? I never have ever had the title Jezebel put on me. Oh, that's good. Which is like... I've seen that like a 100. No, I actually am like grateful, but kind of shocked. Wow. Because most majority of strong, powerful women have had that label thrown on them and some others. Yep. Mine was not Jezebel. It was just that message of you're too much. Like you... You're just too fi- you're too fiery. You're too wow. passionate. I literally had that told to me multiple times. So women now so that are wow. prophesying and they're fiery, they're getting the same message, but they're older than me. They're mentoring me. So my mentors are getting this message. So it's trickling down. So I found myself uh, just not being confident in my strength and always feeling like I had to choose to be true to who I was, but always knowing there was a backlash. Wow. So I went years, <clears throat> you guys, just choosing God like okay I'm just gonna be who I am and I'm just not gonna cower and I wouldn't change in not in a rebellious way but in a true authentic to myself way and not like I wasn't teachable I want to paint a good picture there and I want to paint an accurate picture but I knew it was it felt I knew it was demonic I knew it was greater than Mm -hmm. like just feedback and I had to choose every time I grabbed the mic every time I preached every time I prophesied that I was just gonna be in the form God created me to be. And I am fiery and I am who I am. And then I met Sean. (laughs) Come on. And the Lord brought me a man who healed my heart Mm. in a way I didn't even know I needed healing. Wow. And every time for the first year of our marriage, I would come down from the platform preaching or prophesying, doing whatever I was doing at that service. And I would say to him, was that okay? I would ask my husband, was that okay? He'd be like, he'd look at me every time. It was great, Krista. And then the second question that would come out of my mouth was, was that too much? Was I too much? Mm -hmm. Because it had been ingrained in me, I was too much. So I was waiting for the feedback from my husband that I was too much. And he looked at me and goes, no, I want more. (laughs) And I was like, what? Come on. And for an entire year, every single time I got off the platform, I asked Sean those questions. Was that okay? Was I too much? Did I look dumb? Or I would, was this okay? Was that okay? I would g- rehearse everything that happened and filter it through my husband waiting for the negative feedback and he never gave it to me. And he would always would say, I wanted more. I love it when you're strong. I love it when you just let go. I love it when God, he goes, Christy, you take such risks in God. You're abandoned. He goes, I love that. It mm. challenges me. And he began to compliment it. He began to affirm it. And I tell you what, you guys, it changed everything it changed everything i felt for the first time in my life after about a year and a half into marriage it took me that long for me to understand that i wasn't too much that i actually was confident and here i am in my 40s 
and I'm finally getting this wow. revelation that it's okay to be strong and it's not too much. It's okay to be passionate and it's not too much. Now, I do say to my husband, I have a really, I, I love to laugh and be lighthearted. I think I need to show that to people a little bit more because when I <laughs> preach, I'm not very funny. But uh, but when I, but when I'm off, off the platform, yeah, yeah, yeah. I joke around all the time. So yeah. there is a, sometimes I would like for yeah. people to see the lighter side of me and maybe that's something I, not maybe, that is something I'd like to integrate more just on just always trying to develop yeah. as a preacher of the gospel, yeah, right? Communicate, yeah. But I also don't have any reservation or hesitation or any false label yeah. put on me that when I do have the presence of God hit me and I just let the prophetic rip, yeah. <laughs> I don't hold back yeah. anymore. And I don't ask Sean, I don't ask him anymore, yeah. was that okay? Because wow. I already know it's okay. Yeah. But God used my husband to heal me. And mm. because men had been the people that had put that label on me, he used a man to remove the label off of him. You know, it's, I, I mean, I know you're funny been able to, you know, spend time around you. But I also know, I, I think part of it is your assignment. Yeah. Because you carry these True. assignments where I've seen you tell that you go into places, it's that breaker anointing. Yeah. You go in and you break things open for yeah. people to experience freedom. Yep. And, so true. And, I, and I so love it because every time I've ever been in a meeting where you've either been ministering or prophesying, there's so much freedom that's taking place because you break that thing open. The thing that's bringing resistance, mm. you're 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 like a you're like a cannonball, uh, or better yet, you're like a, you're like a fiery arrow coming out of the mouth of the Lord that goes in and just pierces every mm. resistance and allows people to wow. get free. Thank you. And it's uh, I just I love it. Can I can I add one yep. more thing? I feel like someone's supposed to hear this, and that is I have seen probably in the last 10 years, men make the shift of opening up to women and really embracing God's call over women. I've seen men make the turn and it's been really exciting. And what's been surprising is I haven't seen women make the turn. (sighs) Okay. Yeah. Talk about that. That is good. I actually feel more more resistance right now in 2019 in the church from women against women than men. 100% agree. And that used to not be the case. Now, I don't necessarily have a full understanding, but there has been such a verbal declaration of, oh, I'm not a woman that likes women, or I'm not a woman that even wants to be around other women. Like a women's conference sounds the worst, right? And Although I, I want people to be transparent, I want people to be careful about what they declare. Yeah. Um, because that message is released in a house, you yeah. literally, that becomes a stronghold in the house. And that thing has to be uprooted and broken. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. wow. And until, until women repent to women, and I feel like that's the next phase. I feel God on this. Right? So good. Wow. I, f- I feel like that's the next <clears throat> phase, you guys. And this isn't something I've talked about publicly, but there was this... reconciliation that happened between men and women in these last few years and it's real and it's shifted things the next phase of that is women repenting to women Wow! because that has been one of the greatest hindrances yeah when i was pastoring in another state it was women that had issue that i was a female preacher it wasn't men and i had women get up in the middle of me preaching and do a silent protest true story Wow. While I was preaching. Are you serious? It wasn't men. It was women. And they left the church because my pastor allowed me to be a primary voice from the pulpit. Wow. So that's something we don't talk about that is very real. And so we wow. think men are holding women back. And there is truth in that. And But I do feel like they made a turn. We still have 
some area, some ground to yeah, take in that. Totally agree. We're not done in that, but <clears throat> let's also not miss the other side of that equation. Yeah. That's so good. Actually, this has been an ongoing conversation with me and Matt. It's, it's crazy because <laughs> it I think I was a little bit, I don't know if naive is the right word, but for us, like this particular issue was never an issue for me because, right. um, you know, we started our lives together in marriage. We were in ministry together. We planted, you know, a church and a school and we did everything right alongside each other. And so the the fact that I was a female never even was on my radar. It was just, right. you know, right. <laughs> we did everything together until <laughs> until recently in the last few years, I would say that it's all of a sudden become an issue. And I'm trying to understand all this wow. too, because I'm like, what is this all about? You know, yeah. I have never experienced this in my entire life, but it is. And it's so interesting that you, you said that because I've actually told Matt that very same thing. Like, I don't understand because I don't feel pushed down or disempowered by by men really I don't I mean Mm -hmm. if I were to I can't even pinpoint but what I do hear and see is a lot of these other powerful women that I come across at different places they don't want to step in or they don't want to step up and maybe Mm -hmm. they do have a call uh, to be a prophetess or maybe they do have a call to preach and teach the word and they literally are like saying no I'm not doing that I'm not stepping up. That's not who I am. Or, you know, this whole getting your voice activated. That's why I shared about it, because I feel like there's so many ones who are in that place, especially women, especially women who they're not allowing the Lord to take them through that process to activate them in a lot of ways, just kind of laying down and letting, letting, you know, the enemy have his way with them. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm I, I, I hate seeing that. It, right. It's heartbreaking because I know what it feels like now, and I don't want that for anyone else. <laughs> you, know? you know, I was thinking, you just said this, baby. I think part of the context is you didn't feel that because most most of our ministry was college campus ministry. Most of our ministry time has been college campus ministry, and it was outside of a church circle. Mm. It's when we started pastoring and came more in itinerant and doing stuff in church, I think we've seen it more. Definitely. I mean, I remember one particular <clears throat> church we went to... <laughs> And we were we were ministering alongside of each other, but you know oh, Matt was man. the speaker, so I you know, <laughs> you know I was obviously gonna help him minister and stuff, but he was the one speaking. And so you know, like most churches you go to, you have a little meeting with with the pastor beforehand, and you go in his office and and just chat and talk and chat. And we didn't really know him. Make that a well. connection, relational yeah. connection. Sure. And so we went in there, you know, la di da. Hey, how's it going? Here's the what the service is going to be like. And before he even started t- talking, he looked over at me. He said, "You um you can go now." And I looked at Matt and I looked at him and I was like, like what does he what does he mean? <laughs> I, like, know, I don't I even like, understand what? what he means. He's like, "Oh no, no. I'm going to talk I'm going to talk to your husband. You can go and wait in in the sanctuary Whoa. with everyone else." Oh my. And I was Fuming. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was and I'm so like, angry. I you're in it, shock. Yeah, I'm in shock. I'm like, sure. just because ha- it's so hard it, to know what to, how to react in those moments. Oh, in like they happen in a moment. In retrospect, honestly, I feel like we should have just left. Honestly, sure, but but I, because whole, we were recommended there by somebody who we have a high relationship with. That I didn't want it, so it was kind of one of those I awkward, know, yeah. like. Oh. So the whole service is me trying to get my heart right. That was right. literally <laughs> the so whole mad. service. I'm like, I can't even look at this guy right here. You're right like, now. I'm offended right now. I Lord, am, help me, help and I'm Shukoyana <laughs> Maha. Exactly. I got there. I yeah. got I got my heart right, yeah. and I was able yeah. to still minister to people. But yeah. I'm gonna tell you, I was wow. like. 
Ser- this wow. is real. This is part of their culture. And yeah. that's, they had a pretty good sized church. I'm like, oh my gosh, how many other people felt like that? I'm like, ah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's so shocking. Situations like that. Sure. You know? That's real. That's shocking, but real. Yeah. I love it how you said, you know, you got a lot of the healing through Sean. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was just thinking about it, even, yeah. um, I feel like my boldness to step out in the word of knowledge I got from Sean. Mm. Because, and you know, shout out to Sean Smith. I yeah, mean, yeah, good man. Because I just, you know, you what you feel around him, yeah, it's like I can just be me and just step out, yep. And we, and I used to think this way I'm just gonna step out because I know if I mess up, he's there for me, totally, he'll catch you, yes, yep. Um, so I just think you made me think, I was like, you know what, when you were saying, I was just like, yeah, that I, I yes, and, and that, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, and he's and he's such a good father in the sense yes. that he's yeah. not afraid of his sons passing him up. Like that's, that's right. why you felt so empowered. Yep. I feel that's right. Yep. You know? And and I was gonna say something in that same vein, which really complements what you guys are saying. That is, because he's secure. Yes. Right. You're you when you're secure and you know who you are, you value what everyone else brings. <sighs> So because good. there's no competition. Exactly. Yeah. So my yeah. husband is not intimidated by my strength yeah. and by my fire and my passion. Yeah. He's super fiery and passionate in his own right, but he's like cheering me on. Wow. And that's because he's secure. And mm-hmm. if we had wow. secure leaders in the church, secure leaders in ourselves, if the, you know, we talked about earlier that we have insecurities and that's real, but if we allow God to meet us in those insecurities and bring yeah. a place of healing and wholeness in our lives. Because I feel like we're always growing in Him. Yeah. We're always going deeper. Every one of us around this table is going deeper yeah. in Him. And our goal is to walk in health and wholeness so good. to reflect Him and that we are bringing people up alongside us to go higher than we go. Absolutely. But that can only happen because we notice people don't want to release people if they don't feel like they've been released. Yeah, totally. Right? Totally. So. Maybe sometimes, maybe that's kind of connected to the women's thing. I don't yeah. know. Of women yeah. don't feel released, so maybe they don't want to release other women. <laughs> I got one more last question for you, Krista. And also, Daz, if you want to answer it too. Um, what would you tell the listener who is a woman right now? Uh, the woman listener who um, has been through what you've been through at maybe a different level. How would you encourage him right now? And what are some keys or at least one key that you would give them? to be able for them to be empowered to step into and become who God's called them to be? That's such a good question. You know, yeah. I'm going to go back to kind of what I orig- what I said not too long ago, and that is get into a place in ministry, a local church that really values you, values mm. women. That's so important. If you're in a ministry in a church that doesn't even value women, you're not going to be fully released. So that you, you have to have a culture that values you. They may not totally understand you. They may not totally, you know, get everything you're doing. That's okay. But if they still value you, right? Uh, understanding you and valuing you is two different things, right? So you're, you're just looking for people to value. They don't have to get everything you're doing and what you're all about. The number, number one. Number two, really keep your heart unoffendable. Yeah. So good. You know, years ago, <clears throat> there was this you know, high level prophetic person. I was reading his book and it forever changed my life because he was just sharing just some of the simple things he does every day that the Lord's instructed him. And every day before he goes to bed at night, he goes through his an inventory in his heart, he said, and he just says, wow. Lord, am I offended anyone? Wow. Every day. That's good. It's so good. Wow. And literally every day the Lord would be like, you need to forgive this person or forgive this situation. Hmm. And I don't do it every day, but I do it regularly. Wow. And I 
feel like that's been huge in keeping me connected to the Lord. So good. Because if you allow people the authority in your heart space to bring offense, they're going to rob you from your intimate space with God. Mm-hmm. So you being unoffendable is key for mm-hmm. staying connected intimately to That's God. so good. Because yeah. offense is a gateway to bitterness and hatred. And wow. it says so in scripture. Yep. So it's like the entry, I call it kind of like um, the gateway drug. You know, offense is the gateway drug to bitterness and hatred. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And, and I like so that offen- language. Offense feels like no big deal, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's actually like detrimental. Mm-hmm. It will take you out quicker than anything. And then number three, um, the church is as much as I love the local church and I'm about it and I pastor and I believe in it, it's also not the only place where you minister. Mm. So get out of that mindset, get to the streets, get to your workplace, get to your neighborhood, get to your family, because you can prophesy and preach and you can minister. Every, so just walk out yes. your front door to a hurting and broken world. Stop waiting for the church to give you a ministry and a title and a position <sighs> to on. live out who you're called to be. Get out your get out of your house and live out who you're called to be. Go That's to good. Starbucks and live Come out on. who you're called to be. So I think when people think that ministry and living out their call is only done inside the four walls, there's a part of it they've missed. And we are called to have a lifestyle of being a disciple of Jesus. So be the woman who you're called to be and don't let anyone limit you. That's good. And don't be looking uh, for someone to give you permission in a sense uh, because you already have it. (laughs) Yeah, that is so good. Um, I think for me, one thing that I would touch on is, you know, just to be vulnerable, uh, last year when I was going through that, you know, a dark time and I was feeling things like, oh, I'm, I'm just not valued or they don't see what's in me or, you know, and, and all of that is, is such victim language. Right. But I was in a dark place. I'm just being open and real. I'm being real. real. Yeah. So, you know, I would, I would say these things to my husband and, um, you know, not about him, but about how I felt with other people. Yeah. And, um, he'd be like, well, they, maybe they don't because they don't see what's in you. You you haven't shown them what's in you. And then I would get upset and I'd be like, well, I don't have to prove anything, you know, like I don't need to show them. Like if they're that prophetic, they could see it in me. Yeah. <laughs> and it sounds so silly, like saying that out loud, but that's just where I was at. Sure. Right. No, I get but it. what I didn't realize it, it had nothing to do with, with anyone valuing me or not you know that's how I was feeling but it really was more about was was I going to own who God says I am and that's what it came down to is like I had this huge breakthrough moment with the Lord that I've talked about on previous episodes but God was basically gently just asking me like are you ready to step in are you ready to be all that I say you are and it it sounds like so simple but it was so profound and life-changing for me that's so good that once i did that and i said yes lord a lot of that stuff didn't even matter Mm. a lot of that feelings of feeling you know like i wasn't valued or appreciated or no one saw me for who i was or whatever the feelings and thoughts are like the real truth of it is and and we said this too on a previous episode like the free the more um you come in alignment with who God says you are, the more freedom you'll release around you on accident than on purpose. Yeah. Like free to be who you are in Christ. And so, so good. I feel like that was just a huge um, truth that I had to get a hold of to break me out of those those mindsets. And so, yeah. So good. That's so good. So Krista, any last words you'd like to leave with us today? Yeah. One last word is, you know, as a church, um, and I'm just talking big picture worldwide, um, we are no longer in the chapter we were in previously. We mm. are we are officially in a new era. That's mm-hmm. good. 
And I, I say that because I feel like the Lord simply wants me to bring the kind of a prophetic challenge. We're right now in the end of 2019, kind of coming in the latter half, second half of it. And we're about to step into 2020. 2020 is such a year of, of, of moving forward. But the rest of 2019 is all about alignment mm. to be able to move forward in 2020. Mm-hmm. So everyone that's listening, I really want to challenge you. Take some time with the Lord and ask the Lord, if we're in a new era and everything's up for negotiation, uh, what is my home life to look like? What's my marriage to look like? What's my ministry? to look like? What's my church to look like? What's my finances? How am I to spend my time? Don't just keep doing things as you've done them. Recognize that there is there has truly been a spiritual shift, and it happened about a year ago in the Spirit. That's good. And there has to be an alignment that's going to happen, because I feel like where we're going, we can't do what we've been doing. Yeah. And so I feel like the Lord's saying, it's time to lay down the sacred cows. It's time to let go of control. Let's barbecue yeah. some cows. Right? And, and really get into a place where you're allowing God to rebuild, but also break down, um, to take away, but then to add um, some new things in your life and your ministry. And for some people listening, it's for your marriage Mm -hmm. that you've been wanting to change but you haven't made the adjustments or created the space for the changes to happen. That's good. So it's really about getting the strategy of the Lord in this season wow. for this next era. That's so good. Absolutely. I love that. So Chris, where can people follow you, be able to glean from you, check out your resource, or even maybe invite you out? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, we have a website, my husband and I, Sean and Krista Smith. Uh, we have our website's called pointblankinternational.org. Come on. On our website, we have resources, product, we have um, CDs, my uh, DVDs. My husband's written three books. Um, I'm working on my first book. Come, hey, on. come on, Jesus, yeah, help me. Yeah. And then we have some USB, some prophetic activation training, whatnot. And then we're in the process of developing some more. But all of that you can find on our website. That's the best place to stay connected to us. And of course, we're on social media. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, whatnot. Um, my husband's Reb Sean Smith. I'm Mrs. Krista Smith on Instagram. Uh, but if you go to our website, you'll be able to find us. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so yeah, much, Krista, for, for being. Being on the show, we have to do a couple more episodes because I mean there are so many questions I was thinking about asking you, and we just have to we have to do this again. So look forward to the future episodes with Krista. You guys, you guys are amazing. Awesome for having you. Hey, if this podcast has enriched your life, make sure to subscribe. And would you share this podcast with a friend or family member as it will help to extend our reach? You can make sure to check out Krista's show notes and how to follow her in the notes below. And we thank you for listening to the show today. Until next time, this is Matt Gonzalez. And this is Desiree Gonzalez. And we are out. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.